What is the one area of your life you would pay any price to fix or change? In the Gospel, we hear about two individuals who come to Jesus, desperately wanting Jesus to fix the one area of their life that they would pay any price to fix or change. One person is a woman who had been bleeding for 12 years. And the second person is Jairus, the temple official, whose daughter is at the point of death. Through these two people, Jesus shows us how he has the power to bring good out of the bad that's brought into our lives. Now, when it comes to the bad that's brought into our lives, I think our God gets a bad rap. All too often, when bad comes into our lives, we're quick to point the finger at God and blame God for the bad that's been brought in our lives. Our first reading from the Book of Wisdom today reminds us, though, that all the bad stuff in our lives was not God's plan, eh? Now, we hear a lot about original sin of Adam and Eve, but we don't hear often enough about what came before that, God's original blessing. When God created the whole world and us humans, it was all good, just the way God intended it to be. There was no death, disease, or destruction in the, in the beginning. These things, death, disease, and destruction, came through the seduction of the devil, we learn in the days of the Book of Wisdom. Sin complicates things. But God desires to bring good out of the bad that's been brought into our lives. In his gospel, Mark introduces us to this woman who had been bleeding for 12 years. But not Mark, Matthew, or Luke tell us her name for some strange reason. Now, two reasons come to mind on why that might be. Matthew, Mark, and Luke may have asked around, what is this woman's name? And the response they might have heard from individuals is, we don't know. All we know is what they call her when they point and laugh at her, calling her the bleeding woman. Or, it could be that she is left anonymous because the mystery of this woman is meant to help us identify with her. Where we cannot know her name, we insert our own names in the lines of Scripture. Where we cannot see her face, we're able to see our own face. In her story, we're able to see our own stories of brokenness. Whether it's a broken body, a broken mind, a broken heart, we all have a chasm between the way our lives are and the way we want our lives to be. Jesus wants to take the bad in our lives and turn it into a bridge to bring us to the only one we will ever need. This woman shows us how the gift of humility can do just that. I know humility might not feel like a gift, but it actually is a gift. With each doctor she paid to heal her who failed, this woman became more aware of her inability to pay the cost to fix this problem by her own means. This continues over and over again until she and we come to the realization and see ourselves as we actually are a people unable to completely fix our lives by our own means. We've tried fixing our own marriage, our health, our bodies, our minds, our hearts, our relationships, all on our own, and yet they still persist, just like the bleeding did for this woman for 12 years. 
Alone, none of us can overcome our weakness, eliminate all our sins, and obtain healing. Our attempts to fix our own lives prove ineffective. Love crumbles, we lose our jobs. We've experienced infertility or miscarriage. Healing doesn't come. Our loved ones are lost. And we become aware of our inability to pay the cost for the things we most deeply desire. This is when we come to see the truth that we were really never self-sufficient at all. This humbling realization is a cost we must pay to encounter Jesus the way this woman did. As she reached out to touch Jesus' cloak, she came to grasp the truth that she needed someone greater than herself. Our weakness points to our need for God. This woman knew that this bleeding would be her constant companion until God and God alone healed it. It was her weakness that led her to Jesus. There was nothing else she could try to give to get better except her faith which is all that Jesus ever really wanted. Jesus heals her and looks at her and says to her, Daughter, your faith has saved you. Go in peace and be cured of your affliction. Her weakness was, and our weakness is, the pathway to Jesus. If our weakness acts as a gateway to experiencing God's closeness and healing, then this becomes a very great gift indeed. If we're honest with ourselves, though, for many of us, the gift of humility is still sitting unwrapped and unopened. Perhaps we've been slow to open the gift of humility, but quick to open other gifts, like smartphones and smart devices. These smart devices allow us to say, let there be light, and there is light. And to say, find me a suitable partner, and that matchmaking app makes it happen. It's easy to see how there's temptation to develop a godlike complex, thinking we can do it all on our own, and that we don't need God. Or, we mistakenly think God should respond to our commands the same way our smart devices do. Friends, come to Jesus with humility and faith. This is the lesson we learn in today's Gospel. It is the ways we fail and don't measure up that act as a vehicle in our daily lives, taking us closer to Jesus. Here are three ways we can do this. First, be vulnerable with Jesus in prayer, telling Jesus the whole truth of our lives the way this woman did, including all the bad stuff. Second, acknowledge that we don't know it all and open up the Bible to Mark chapter 5 and learn of the wisdom God wants to speak into our lives through this woman and Jairus. Three, have a heart of humility in a few moments when we say the words that we are not worthy for Jesus to come and enter under our roof before we receive the Eucharist, which is the source and summit of our faith. Now, whether our encounter today with Jesus results in healing while we are still alive like it did with the bleeding woman, or whether the healing comes after it appears to everyone that death is won, like it did with Jairus' daughter. The healing will come, because Jesus is Lord of the living and the dead. When we draw close to Jesus with humility and faith, 
we know that Jesus will heal us at some point and bring good out of the bad that's been brought into our lives. For me, this is just not a matter of putting a positive spin on things or putting on rose-colored glasses and viewing the world that way. For me, this is deeply personal. I've been reminded in my life time and time again of this truth, that God will find a way to bring good out of the bad that's brought into our lives. I was reminded of this truth a few weeks ago when I attended my Aunt Nancy's memorial service. My Aunt Nancy died of ALS, also known as Lou Gehrig's disease, which is a terrible, terrible way to die. She was married to my Uncle Bob for 23 years. My Uncle Bob was a man who said what he meant and meant what he said when he looked in my Aunt Nancy's eyes on her wedding day and said, for better, for worse, in sickness and in health, till death do us part. My Uncle Bob cared for my Aunt Nancy to the end. The thing that astounded me is my Uncle Bob said the best years of their marriage were the final years of my Aunt Nancy's life. The best years of their marriage. Can you imagine that? The final years of their marriage, my Uncle Bob spent feeding my Aunt Nancy, taking her to the bathroom, bathing her, dressing her, and yet he described those final years of their marriage as the best years of their marriage because of all the time they got to spend together and because of how close they became. Jesus desires this time and closeness with each of us. When Jesus was asked the question, what is the part of your life you would pay any price to change or fix. He mentioned your name and that he desires to spend all eternity being close to you. Jesus desires us to grow, draw closer to him, closer even than the woman who touched his cloak and was healed of the bleeding. Jesus paid the ultimate price of shedding his blood so that his desire could become a reality. We don't have to wait until we die to experience Jesus' closeness. Jesus comes here to the altar today to meet us where we are at in the messiness of our lives. As we bring with us to the altar that one area of our life that we most need healed or fixed, we can come open-handed because Jesus has already paid the price for us.